Knock, knock. Who's there? Suspiria Podcast. It's back. Yay. I'm busy right now. Come back later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that was a great way to start. All right. That was amazing. Okay. Amazing, guys. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, guess who is back on your earphones right now or on your speaker, Alexa, uh, whatever you're listening to. On your car. My car. Yes, definitely on your car. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I listen on my car all the time. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's it's us, and we're here for a whole nother season. Who knows how long yes. they'll last, but yay. It's great. A lot. It will a last lot. a lot. I, I mm-hmm. gotta get rich somehow. These student loans are not gonna pay themselves. So <laughs> you guys sure. better do this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. No. Yeah, so what's Gucci? What's Gucci? Yeah. Oof. This I mean we need to uh, let you guys know why we took so long to upload a whole new another thing. So we previously made a joke that it was because we were waiting for the government to come, you know, back on air. Because, yeah, but it's, I mean, no. Because also we recorded like an episode that just didn't work out. That happens sometimes with like, you know, poor audio um, structures like we have right now. So, yeah, it was totally my fault. So, yeah, we were re-recording. Not re-recording. We were keeping that one for, like, a rainy day. So, yeah. But it was great. It was really funny. But, I mean, I guess you guys are probably never going to get to listen to that. Maybe. So, if you guys really ask for it, we will release it. But it doesn't sound amazing. And we're going you know for at least You know which episode we need to release? The one where you were, like, tripping balls. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you do that, like... <laughs> When we start doing like Patreon, be like, all right, so here's our failed attempts, and just like, like exactly. you think that we're bad as is, no, just wait. It gets worse. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, I guess this is finally happening, and we're really excited. We we missed. I I myself at least I cannot speak for stuff, but I'm missing out. I'm missing. I'm missing uh, putting all the episodes out there. It's really cool and it's i mean i miss it when i'm not doing it so i'm really glad that we're back on track here yeah my mom was just my mom's at my house just pulling a full marie condo <laughs> and making feijoada and she goes so when are you guys gonna put out a new episode i'm like mom mind your own business like <laughs> leave me alone no so yeah we'll see we'll see we'll see about that mom <laughs> so what's your name other oh my narrator God, yes, that's true we didn't yeah my name is carol and i am stephanie and yeah this is the Spiria podcast and uh heads up this is a true crime podcast if you didn't get a hint by our very ominous vibe that we have going on in this whole joint um yeah this is a true crime podcast and we um we tackle uh themes that would be considered mature themes for adults so yeah if you are uh you know around children maybe don't play this especially this episode please do not play this around children and uh unless you you want your kids to have fun oh yeah how much money are you willing to pay to pay on (laughs) therapy just make that kind of estimation yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so yeah i I would still do it We uh, tackle mature themes and, uh, yeah, beware that also we are not very dry people. So the tone that we you had on this whole 20-minute long conversation that we have <laughs> before the actual crime starts is the tone that we keep going all the way through. So if you have any problems with that, uh, I advise like you not to listen. If you're bothered by it, if you think that, you, you, you know, if it leaves a bad taste in your mouth, we recognize that it's not for everyone. So, yeah, as always, great way to start the podcast. Me telling people telling not people to listen not to Telling people not to listen to us. Yeah, yes. it's... <laughs> please don't listen, but also listen. So, yeah. Please don't listen, great. but also, if you listen, do not criticize me. I don't <laughs> care about your personal messages talking shit about my life. 
all the personal criticisms okay every exactly. single week is someone oh my god you guys need better voices and i'm like oh I'm oh my kidding, god you guys are the worst no like i know no don't say that they're fine so yeah we're um starting out off on a good note here so uh just before we start uh the crime because guys this is a big fucking case and we are gonna try to like reframe the chit chatty portion of our brains right now because if not this episode will last like three hours and yeah i know you guys are not here for that so yeah uh we want to thank uh if you noticed if you've been a listener on this past 25 episodes, you notice that our theme song has changed. Yes, and we want to thank Vane for helping us out with that. She did this whole amazing theme song just for us. We're the only people that have that song now. I mean, so I don't know. Far. Yeah, I don't know if <laughs> so far. It's <laughs> unless there's another Suspiria out there. <laughs> there could be. There could be a Suspiria yeah. podcast about the actual movie Suspiria, which I think is the reason why most people click on our name. <laughs> it's because they think this is a podcast about horror movies, and it isn't. So no, yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, I guess it's sorry to yeah. disappoint you guys. Sorry, but yeah, uh, thank you so much, Vane, for helping us out. We're so grateful. And we love yes. the theme song so much. And we hope our listeners love too. Because there's no option. We're sticking with it. It's ours forever yeah. now. Yes. It's either this or me saying Suspiria in different accents for 20 minutes. <laughs> so I would definitely sign up for that. Like a whole episode. <laughs> and we monetize it just to just like out of spite. Like out of pettiness. Like do you think our podcast is bad? Just like the next bad review we get, we do that. Definitely. It, yep yeah that's gonna be just that's the plan just us talking shit about people <laughs> in portuguese just that like very ominous references exactly. that nobody will get you know just like the conversations i have with my sisters when we're walking through the mall like look oh, at yeah. that bitch why is she wearing that uh-huh. that's us i told her though i told my sister she needs to stop talking shit she yeah. starts it okay <laughs> i just go along with it so i told her you need to stop talking shit about people in portuguese because one of these days mm-hmm you're gonna get caught oh she did oh my god can i just sidebar real quick i'm gonna tell you this story very quickly Mm -hmm. so a few years ago i don't know how many years ago but we went to the pandora store because my sister wanted to buy my mom did i tell the story here already no okay my sister wanted to buy my mom a Pandora bracelet. Mm-hmm. Back when, like, Pandora bracelets were like, ooh, she has a Pandora bracelet, you know? <laughs> so both of my sisters and I were at the Pandora store looking around, and my sister goes, um, I don't know. I don't know if I want to buy anything. So I tell her, oh, look at this. This one here is very cute. And she mm-hmm. says in Portuguese, that looks like plastic. Oh. And the girl behind the counter re- responds in Portuguese, Oh, that's not plastic. That's silver. <laughs> and we were just like oh looking at each other like. And she goes, oh. oh, oh, okay. Thanks for letting me know. <laughs> I was like, see, bitch, this is what happens. Because she was all like, huh, I'm not buying that. That looks like plastic. And the girl's like, oh, no, it's not plastic. It's silver. And I was like. Dude, I bet she still thinks about that to this day. Like she's, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like she's yes, laying down, she almost asleep, and then she keeps like reliving this whole conversation, this whole transaction, like fifteen times. But I've done that also when I worked at Sephora. There, there were these two Brazilian girls talking shit about my friend who got me mm. the job at Sephora, and I could hear them saying like, "Oh, look at that pale girl! Ha <laughs> ha! She looks like a ghost in Portuguese." Oof. So I go up to them and I say in Portuguese, oh, so if you need any help, I'm right there, okay? And they were like, <laughs> okay, thank you. Thanks like, for letting bitch. me know. <laughs> yeah, I was like, bitch, are you really calling my friend a ghost just because oh she's too God. white? Yeah. Rude. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what's this episode about? Yeah, nice segue. Aside from embarrassing stories. Okay, so... Uh, as you guys know, this is our brand new relaunch almost, right? So we're mm-hmm. going big here. We're doing the biggest serial killer out there in the world ever. Luis Alfredo Garavito Cubillos. Yay. Wow. 
how amazing just kidding not amazing at all this kind of sucks so yeah, but it's yeah. also amazing a little definitely and you guys are gonna see the amazing portions of this case because it's what we're gonna actually focus on we're not gonna focus too much on who this guy is especially because there's not a ton of information out there like some places they kind of portray him as you know this homeless guy or whatever and some other places it's like oh yeah he had a house and a girlfriend and the community then like even suspect that he would do something like that and it's like well you know which one is it you know what i mean it's i feel like it's always that way as soon as they get caught mm-hmm. people are like oh i always knew he was a weirdo no bet you didn't <laughs> if you knew that you would have called the cops yeah so so i mean what we're gonna do today is we're gonna talk a little bit about who he is and then we're going to pretend that we don't know that he was the biggest serial killer in the world and just uh, focus on what happened in the investigation. And then we go back to him, knowing everything that happens. So it's like Sims Sounds now. good? The yep. whole time. Mm-hmm. It's like Michael Scott's vasectomy. <laughs> <laughs> get back, back at it again with the office references. I can't stop. Okay, well, let's either. go dude you see the whole Facebook? there's like a whole facebook group that you're only allowed to speak in i'm office in references. that group <laughs> so i'm not because i don't know enough i'm in that group I'm, I'm in way too many the office groups i was oh my god uh, sidebar i'm okay. sorry i was in this uh facebook group it was called like the office single or like dunder mifflin singles or something like that and i like i never i joined a group because of the dating memes. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah, I love the dating memes. And they did this whole post where they were like, oh, tag your group crush. Mind you, I've never posted in this group. So no one should know me, right? No. Wrong. This guy fucking tags me. And he's from Dude. New Hampshire. If you're from Boston, you know you know how people from New Hampshire be. And I was so I was so creeped out. I blocked him and I mm-hmm. left the group. Then I go on my message request. And I saw that he sent me a message. I was like, ew, go be racist somewhere else. <laughs> Why racist? Because it's from New Hampshire. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't get I don't get that kind of reference. Sorry. It's like, you know those those yeehaw memes about rednecks? <laughs> yeah. That's New Hampshire. Oof. Yeah. Sorry if you're from New Hampshire and if you're offended. You know that most of you live in the trailer park, okay? So Steph There's doesn't that. look remotely sorry right now. Just, just I'm, I'm sorry. Let the record show. The problem is I go there a lot to buy because they don't have taxes there, like sales uh-huh. taxes. Fuck, no, I'm fucked. I'm gonna get lynched. <laughs> no one knows what I look like though, so it's fine. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's oh, not no, like but half I do of have our listeners find us on Facebook and they know yeah. exactly. Yeah. If I do get lynched, guys, you know why. Okay, so okay, <laughs> back to the. We haven't even got to the death yet, but, like, back to the death, okay? <laughs> All right. So, Luis Alfredo Garavito Cubillos uh, is one of, if not the most prolific serial killer in recent history, having 172 confirmed victims. But, uh, in reality, it's speculated that that number could reach 300. So, there are some inconsistencies with the numbers on this case. And we're doing our best here to be as truthful as possible, as always. So we're sticking to uh, what news reports of the time that he was convicted said in uh, his Wikipedia page. Because, you know, we... I, I, I trusted it. I trusted it. So, yeah. So we're not, like, just regurgitating uh, articles that have been based on articles based on articles based on articles. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're being... Um, careful with this kind of thing because you see dude you see like every number between like 150 and 300 saying that it was his official victim count like there's no consistency at all it sucks i feel like there's a brazilian guy actually i'm not gonna say it right now because this could be a future Mm -hmm. case never mind i never said anything about brazilian people (laughs) keep going never mind okay he became known as la bestia el monje el monstro de you know the Hanava and Triblin, you know, like Goofy from Disney. Mm-hmm. And I could not, for the life of me, find out where the nickname came from. Maybe he laughed like Goofy, like, 
<laughs> as he's killing oh my god that's awful as he's killing people maybe oh no. that's what he that was his signature move like stabbing and just yeah yeah <laughs> guys send us your worst goofy impersonation impersonations of voicemail i have the war i have the most like emotionally scarring goofy memes <laughs> on my tumblr it's no. awful <laughs> and we said we're not gonna be chit-chatty yeah Anyways, shut up carol first Get things to the case hey first things first some necessary background info on colombia oh yeah i didn't say that he's colombian guys so yeah he's not brazilian even though i said his name in a very brazilian way because i don't i don't want to put like a uh, accent on it and sound like a jackass you don't want to yeah mm-hmm. yeah so uh, uh some background info on colombia at the time of the killing so since the 60s Colombia has been on a hell of a lot of conflict and obviously that is awful in many, many ways and has huge consequences on people's lives. So most of the deaths in those uh, that war, basically, are of civilians. So that leaves many kids uh, orphaned. So there are a shit ton of poor orphaned and homeless kids that are very vulnerable to people like gotta be. Yeah. So it's 1992. I will always love you is and jump around are blasting on every radio. Bill oh, Clinton's I had that on tape. Yeah, the the soundtrack. Anyway, no one <laughs> asked me. Bill Clinton's president and there are riots in the UK. Everyone's happy, but uh, in Colombia, an alarming number of young boys are going missing. But thing is, they mostly go unnoticed until later in the 90s when uh like mass graves start popping up and bodies after bodies after bodies are being found Aww. yeah so 1997 25 bodies of boys with ages ranging from 8 to 16 were found near Pereira, and that is on the western side of colombia roughly halfway between between cali and medellin some of the boys had been decapitated and in multiple cases, the victims' uh, genitals had been removed and placed inside their mouths. Oh my god. Yeah. It's awful. It is. So in 1998, one of those mass graves was found just outside of Genova. Remember where our serial killer was born. I already said that information. You should remember. Pay attention. So <laughs> that is in the Kindio department on the western central region of the country, about two or three hours away from the mass grave in Pereira. They found two naked boys laying next to each other and uh, another one just meters away. So they were all naked with their hands bound, showing signs of sexual abuse. Their necks had been sliced open with dull knives. Oh my god. Aww. Yeah. They had bruises in their backs, genitals, legs, and butts. The murder weapon was also found nearby, as I said before. Later on, it would be found that uh, every single one of the kids had been raped, and some of them had been tortured and kept alive for days, tied up on oh leashes. Yeah, this is a not f- uh, for the faint of heart case. So, yeah, anyways. Uh, they found all sorts of objects around the bodies, including clothes, glasses, razors, lube, bottles of liquor, and sorts, all probably belonging to the killer. So, yeah, go to sleep with that now. I won't. I'm gonna have to watch American Dad after this. Yeah, this sucks. But guys, just sidebar. As I was researching it, this case, I was like on the edge of my seat because this is a great story. It is like amazing. So yeah, just just stick to it because it's not just you know, kill kill kill, caught dead. But you know, it's it's a good story. So yeah. Okay. So, wow. Well. Because traces of wax were found in some of the crime scenes, um, one of the hypotheses was that the murders had been committed by a satanic cult. Because, you know, <laughs> it's Latin America. Oh, yeah. Everybody is super religious, and um, everything that's wrong with the world is Satan's fault. Yeah. Um, but also, they also um, hypothesized that they might have been uh, dead for drug paybacks or organ harvesting, because the black market is a real thing. Yeah, because the investigators were competent, though they moved on from those theories and actually did an investigation instead mm-hmm. of just speculating. Most of the remains were skeletal and had no dental work, indicating that they were very, very poor kids. By studying the bones, it was determined that all of them were Caucasian, and forensic reconstruction allowed a few families to recognize their missing kids. 
the victim lived in 54 different cities altogether. So because the crimes are happening all over the place, there was no one big investigation task force. I mean, as it progressed, the investigators sort of became aware of each other. And by the time they all came together at the end, they knew it was all the same guy. But efforts were mostly separate mm-hmm. because, you know, um, as with police here, what happened? Well, it doesn't happen um, as much anymore because of CODIS. But in like Latin American countries, state lines, that means mm-hmm. you're just getting away with murder. So. Yeah. And it's important to also say that at that time, the 90s, Colombia had never seen a guy that was as deadly as this one, you know, like it's they had like other problems to think about, you know, war wise. But like there was no one that had been no one that was this bad, you know, so they were very unprepared to deal with this kind of big investigation. They even like contacted the FBI at the time to like get some intelligence. And I don't know if that actually came through. But it's they actually improvised really well, and I'm gonna talk a, a little bit about this uh, later on. But like, they did really well. I totally applaud the investigators. But yeah, they were not prepared at all. So okay. let's explore uh, the evidence here. All right. So one of the investigators, Carlos Sejera, discovered that uh, the shoes that the killer had left behind were kind of odd. The heel of the right shoe. Uh, was worn down on two points so it had two two pressure points and unless you have like hooves <laughs> like how does that happen but yeah <laughs> so uh yeah it was it was worn on the heel but the front had no wasn't being worn at all so that means so weird yeah and that meant that the guy that was wearing the shoes probably walked with a limp twisting his right foot and that the shoe was bigger than the suspect's feet. So for a visual, he would walk by putting his heel on the ground, toes out, and twisting his right toes in, uh, not bending his leg as if he was wearing like a cast or a crutch. Yeah. I'm trying to picture this, and it's not a pretty picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he twists like his feet on the heel. You know, but he doesn't yeah. touch touches his toes on the ground. So it could mean that, or it could also mean that he had been through an injury or suffered some uh, brain injury. So the superorbital part of the brain, right on top of the eyes, is responsible for both personality and motor skills. So imagine what will happen if that part was like severely damaged. Like, what would would it do to your personality and your motor skills? Like, he could definitely become a fucking limping son of a bitch serial killer, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they were able to determine that the guy was probably 1.63 or 67 uh, meters tall. and So like 5'3 or 5'7. Yeah. So because of the mask uh, left his glasses behind, uh, they were able to find out that he had an eye problem that mostly affects uh, people between 40 and 45 or 55 to 60. So like two uh, age groups. Like the glasses had been burned, but they were still able to uh, gather that kind of yeah. So I mean, he had also like bent the leg of one of one of the the glass glass no, not one one glass but one of the legs he bent it, and that showed that his ears were not regularly shaped. Oh my god, this guy looks sounds like he looks like a cartoon character. <laughs> Maybe that's why, dude. His name fucking Goofy. Goofy, yeah. Yeah. Well, but Goofy doesn't wear glasses and he doesn't limp. Yeah. So if anything, oh my God, what was the name of that guy who was um, Hercules's trainer with the with the little oh, horns? I don't know. That but I guy. Know what you're talking about him. Yeah. Yeah. Him. Maybe it, it, they should have <laughs> nicknamed him that, not Goofy. Definitely. So, yeah, and uh, they also gathered the information that he would also always consume the same uh, brand of liquor because all the bottles they found in the crime scenes were all the same. So, yeah, the investigators uh, theorized based on the conditions of some of the crime scenes that the perpetrator had burned himself. That's why the glasses had been burned. So the guy would have burns on his left arm, his side, and one of his legs. That's like a pretty uh, narrow description of the killer. Yeah. So investigators, they start getting kind of like down and dirty with uh, the homeless population. They even like go undercover 
as homeless people to try to see if they uh, spot. Not not like they didn't know the guy was homeless, but because the kids were homeless, you know. Yeah, they hanging around. They just as, figured maybe yeah, that's yeah, the type of person that would lure see. them. Yeah, yeah. So one of the departments picked up all the pedophile cases of the previous ten years and started narrowing them down. First, they eliminated the ones involving girls. Then the ones that didn't fit on the age range of the eye disease. Then the height range. And then they selected the ones that had committed crimes on the areas close to where the victims had been found. Leaving them with a list of 25 names. That's a very short list. Yeah. So investigator Baldemar Durant went to Bogota to do some research. There he found the 1996 case of 12-year-old Renal Delgado who went missing in Tunja, 25 kilometers from Bogota. His body was found in some bushes in circumstances very similar to the case he was investigating. At the time, witnesses testified that they had seen the boy with an unknown man who wasn't from the area. That suspect was caught, interrogated, and let go due to lack of evidence. Wow, good job. Good job. That man was one and only Luis Alfredo Garavito Cubillos, also one of the 25 names in the pedophile list. Dun, dun, dun. Yes, you need to add that sound effect. <laughs> no, it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> so they tracked down Garavito's sister, Esther, who showed them a bag filled with personal items he had asked her to keep. That were books, photos, documents, souvenirs, and journals. They also found a receipt for money he had given to a woman in Pereira, and she gave them another whole suitcase filled with his stuff. Wow, great sister. That sister <laughs> sounds like me snitching around. Um, they found razors, lube, and fibers that were identical to one of the pres- to the ones present in the crime scene. On the journals, Garavito had given a detailed account of what he did to several of the boys. Wow, yeah, brag about it in your journal. It's not like anyone could ever just, you know get your journal and read it not only write it down but also give it to other people just like yeah you yeah keep this just my, keep my journal with all my secrets respect my privacy right that's fine yeah this is like me when i was in fifth grade i had a diary <laughs> on our shared computer and the file was called <laughs> stephanie's diary <laughs> so my sisters could literally oh, no. open it and read me Complaining about being bullied in school. No one ever opened though, but they could, yeah. realistically. Yeah, it's, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, who is that guy? Who is he? Who is he? Who's that um, girl? <laughs> oh, just kidding. Sorry. Stop it, guys. This is not funny. My mm-hmm. mom's going to tell us this is not funny. It's not a laughing matter. So, <laughs> Garavito was born in Genova, Colombia in 19, 1957. His childhood was very complicated. He had a very apathetic mother and an abusive dad. On top of it all, he was raped by a person who was close to his family when he was only 13. Oh, that's awful. Yeah. He has a fifth grade education and his family was displaced early in his life as a result of the war, like many other families. Mm. He made a living as a hawker. And it is estimated that he started killings in 1992, although he hired someone um, to kill the person that raped him in 1991, which I don't blame him for. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) He would impersonate a priest, a monk, a farmer, social worker, etc., approaching the kids to offer odd jobs, candy, drugs, or a drink, all tailored to whichever kid he was talking to. So he wasn't that dumb, even though he only had a fifth grade, a fifth grade education. He would then befriend, befriend the kids, um, walking with them for hours, talking about their lives, all in an effort to wear them down and earn their trust. Yeah. So, so one of those kids was 12-year-old Ivan Sabogal from Villa Vicencio, who was selling lottery tickets to pay for his studies. My grandpa actually um, sold lottery tickets as a living. So Really? Yeah. I didn't know that was a job. <laughs> I mean, I guess way back when it was. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, after he doesn't go back home one night, not my grandfather, <laughs> the... <laughs> it's fine. Uh, after he doesn't go home 
on one night, his parents go to the police station to file a report. On April 22nd, 1999, the authorities were called by an auto shop employee who was with a boy who had just escaped from a man who had tried to rape him. It was Yvonne, the boy. Yeah. So Maria Bertalda Yara, his mom, uh, recognized him immediately. Yvonne escaped because a homeless man was walking by while he was being assaulted. So he stepped in and rescued Yvonne. The yeah, the perpetrator followed them for quite a while, but as but um, by the time the police had gone to the auto shop, he was long gone. So they do like a thorough research around the uh, nearby areas, but there's no sign of the guy. So of course they're all kind of discouraged because this is as close as they ever got to the murder, and they had just lost him. This is very frustrating. So they all decide that it's better to take Yvonne and his mom to the police headquarters and regroup all their troops guess who Yvonne spots from the police car on the way to the station gotta be though yeah no the man identified himself as Bonifacio Moreira Discado but uh they arrest him anyways of course you would, would expect right yeah so yeah he's all calm and collected never agitated not showing any kind of nervousness or anything just like oh okay it's fine you're arresting me i didn't do anything whatever the investigators notice a striking resemblance between Garavito and Bonifacio and they start picking up that the signature the guy does is different on every document he signs. Sounds like someone's faking <laughs> things. Sounds like Stephanie when she used to sell school notes in fifth grade. <laughs> so investigators from all the country come to Villa Vicencio to share information about the case. So remember that some of them already had his name and pictures and everything. So they start comparing data and it becomes clear that all their efforts are pointing to the same man and that man was already arrested in that same very same building. How exciting, like Yeah. Right? So remember the profiling they did earlier? Yeah. Luis Alfredo Garavito was forty two, five seven, wore glasses and had burns on his arms and his side exactly like the investigators had predicted. So this is some criminal minds type of shit here. It definitely is. If this isn't on criminal minds already, like there's, they're sleeping at the bus stop as we'd say in Brazil. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, yes, I, I had to think about it for a little. Like, what is she talking about? And I was like, oh yeah. Oh yeah, sleeping at the bus stop. Oh, it's me. Oh, yeah. sorry. <laughs> I was like, why is she looking at me? <laughs> I was still thinking about sleepyhead stuff. <laughs> kind of and I'm like, I'm picturing, you know that song "Dormir na Praça." Oh, I was okay. picturing that, but it was stop. So glad I am so delinquent. Dormir upon the dia on the books. Okay, uh, the investigator. <laughs> The investigators moved to get more evidence on Garavito that would link him to more crimes. So they convinced one of his close friends. Samar Toro to wear a wire and talk to him. He tells her, oh, it's a girl. Okay, I thought mm-hmm. it was a guy. He tells her that there's another bag filled with his stuff and he had given it to the wife of another prisoner. The bag contained more documents, children's photos, and a wrinkled paper with some, some strange scribbling on it. Later, they would determine that to be a fucking tally of his victims. The nerve of this guy. Did, never DNA- thought he was going to be ever caught clearly yeah he, right? he probably thought he was like superman oh yeah the fucking lizard king another office quote i know that one <laughs> <laughs> examples collected from garavito match material collected on the bodies and bottles found in the crime scenes and the burnt glasses match his exact prescription jokes on you bitch <laughs> um some interesting trivia about this case is that they actually did an eye exam on every single prisoner so Garavito wouldn't suspect anything and lie on his examination. And while he was out, the investigators went to his cell to collect hair for the DNA testing. Ha So investigators also fed crime reports, hotel records, uh, testimonies, etc. into a software that successfully linked Garavito to all the locations where the crimes had been committed. So they had a shit ton of evidence, but they still wanted a confession. Upon interrogation, Garavito swore to his on his soul 
that they got it all wrong and he was innocent, he was a good man, etc. He was interrogated for nine hours and he didn't crack. So they brought in Duran, remember the, the man from before who went to Bogota and found about the murder. Anyway, he was so invested in catching Garavito that he was nicknamed the Killer Shadow for his nonstop mm. dedication to this case. He was the one who knew every single detail about the crimes and the only one who could break him. He described to Garavito every single detail about his crimes, from how he lured his victims to the rituals he followed when killing them. Garavito was speechless, but after 18 hours of questioning, he finally confessed. Now, I know that confessions are not that reliable and can be coerced, especially after 18 fucking hours of investigators feeding mm -hmm. you information. So, if it wasn't for the mountain of solid evidence against that man, we would definitely explore that theory, but... It's pretty safe to say that he is the killer. Yeah. I mean, important to say that, right? Yeah. Because, I mean, it's not that... I don't think that investigators were completely ethical when investigating this. But it yeah. was the first time they had encountered anything like that, you know, mm -hmm. and it was uh, all new. And they had... They're just trying to get more evidence. It's not like they didn't have anything. And trying to, you know, build a narrative on whatever Garavito said they already knew everything mm -hmm. you know what I mean they were just really yeah. trying to get him to confess so you know like those um, interrogation tricks that it's like I know you did it I know you yeah. just tell me yeah. that in real life like it actually that but truthful so as it's common with a lot of those cases Garavito said that he had been possessed by an evil spirit slash demon and that's why he killed all those kids but we know that there is no bullshit that is more classic than this one so yeah not even gonna explore that theory we're not I don't think we're very demon I don't even have time for that yeah I mean so he was diagnosed with uh, antisocial personality disorder probably as a result of his very abusive childhood leading to him being a friendless person who is obsessed about turning the tables and acting the role of the abuser, not the victim, over and over again. Which is kind of sad, but also not. Like, you're killing kids. You know what I mean? So it exactly. Garavito then starts cooperating with investigators and shows them where more victims are buried. He draws maps. Wow. He made a public apology to the Colombian people as an effort to show regret and voice his hopes for rehabilitation, but uh, this is the most prolific serial killer the world has ever seen, so let's go ahead and say that he's kind of beyond rehabilitation right now. Yes. Hell yes. <laughs> so he confessed to murdering 186 and children raping another 200, uh, on in 11 of the 32 departments of Colombia, that's equivalent to like states, and also Ecuador and Venezuela. Hmm. He was charged with 172 accounts of murder, but he was only found guilty of 138 of those. He was sentenced to a whopping 1,853 years and nine days in jail, aka. Whoa. Yeah, the longest sentenced in Colombian history. So, yeah, but, I mean, he can only spend, like, 40 years in jail, because that's what the maximum the sentencing maximum. laws were at the time. That sentence was eventually reduced to 22 years because he apologized and because he helped the police what? to find... Yeah, and because he was, like, studying in jail, so they reduced... As I, was, as, as I said before, Colombia was not ready for a killer that was as big as he was. That is so okay. Isn't it? Hang on, though. However, the maximum sentencing laws uh, has since been raised to 60 years because of Garavito himself. So, because it was like an outrage. Like, what do you mean he's only going to spend 40 mm -hmm. years in jail? You know, they actually changed the laws. Which, I mean, round It's good pause. for the future, but like, what about the, the families of the eh. his victims? Exactly. You know? Like, I'm just here repeating something i read off the internet i uh, wasn't really able to find uh, that much about it and i'm not really uh proficient in colombian law so uh if anyone could clarify this to me it would be great so uh it's said that he could be spending 80 years in jail but it. yeah it's something to do with laws and stuff and like he is kind of about to be released right now like in the next few years 
So it's expected that people will be like pissed, you know, and like. Do you think? Yeah, trying to um, refrain that from happening. So there's a possibility that he will be spending 80 years in jail. But I don't know. I don't know. Don't call me on this. I just found this snippet of information and I think it's something that we could all hope for. But anyways, here's something to look forward to, though. In a 2006 interview, Garavito tried to minimize his actions at all costs and said that he wants to start a political career when he gets out just so he could work with helping abused children. So this is the equivalent of Brazilian murderers who become pastors, huh? But worse, like, dude, he wants to work with kids. He raped 200... No, he raped, like, hundreds and hundreds upon hundreds of kids. Who knows how many kids he raped? That's ridiculous. That's, like, why... No, no thank you. Next. So we don't know what, in what prison he is. Uh, That detail was kept from the public for his safety. Which I think is pure (laughs) bullshit. Like, I want everybody to know exactly where this motherfucker is. Um, He's kept separate from the rest of the prison population and is very paranoid about being poisoned. (laughs) He said that the guards like him because he's a very chill dude. And he's on track to be released in 2021. So, mere two years from now, guys. Yeah, let's... Piece of shit's gonna be on the streets. And hopefully, someone will lynch him. Mm -hmm. Um, He tried to kill himself in 2009 by hitting his head against the bars of his cell. That's a very painful way to commit suicide. Um, Garavito has helped the police catch another serial killer, Manuel Octavio Bermudez Estrada, the monster of Canyon do Salles, who killed 21 to 34 kids between 1999 and 2003. Garavito gave insight about who the guy might be. He told the investigators to look for a person that didn't have much education and that they should find him in shops and parks of the region. He also said that he didn't like that there was another guy like him out there because he's the first and the victims of that guy were very attractive. I can't even. How loud can you scream fuck you without losing listeners on the spot? Like, yeah. Disgusting. In a way, he helped a lot uh, because before him, there had been no other serial killers that came anywhere close to his numbers. So as a result, we have better sentencing laws in Colombia uh, because, you know, as I said before, raised from 40 to 60. And they also advanced reconstructionalist, reconstructionalist forensic technology. So, you know, when you have, like, um, that they do, they get, like, the the cranium and they, like, do the uh, clay molds around it. Whatever, so, so, so the victims get recognized and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, at the time, there was not much study done on kids. Because all the proportions and everything was for adults, like adult craniums. And they had to kind of create like a whole new field of this just to work on those boys, you know. And they had tons of uh, material to work with, sucks to say it this way. But like they were able to advance that kind of thing and uh, recognize a few victims uh, because of that kind of technology. So that's really cool, right? Yeah, it's pretty nice, mm-hmm. but... And they also improved a buttload of other forensic technologies to fit Colombia because mostly, uh, like, research efforts are tailored to, like, uh, England or the U.S. that there's mm-hmm. not, like, a very dense jungle. And the places mm-hmm. where those kids were found, it's, like, dense, dense, dense jungle. You know, they had to kind of, like, yeah. adapt those techniques and so, I mean, who knows how many cases uh, are going to be solved. Yeah, are going to be solved yeah. in the new future, in the past, because of that. You know, so it's pretty interesting, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're not going to thank him here, but the Colombian authorities have definitely responded very well to this monstrosity. Yeah. So, yeah, that was it. This was Garavito, the biggest... Serial, serial killer case in the world in the world wow i mean there was I'm, I'm being very transparent there was one killer that has killed more victims than him than him but he was like one of those doctors that kill patients oh so i'm not even counting him on here because mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's 
not saying it's not horrible it is but like you know just yeah. calling the biggest child killer in the world or you know whatever you want that you know whatever label you accept but i mean i think he is the biggest just my my opinion my very if not the biggest very cool shit up mm-hmm. so yeah that was it uh so we hope you enjoyed this episode Hey, we're not uh, gonna we chit chat or anything after. But we already chit chatted in the beginning. <laughs> oh, we did. Yeah. So maybe we're not gonna chit chat, and we're just gonna leave you guys with a Alone. song. Yeah, I can sing for you. Okay. Um. Who I lives in a pineapple souls. under the sea. <sighs> <laughs> no. Okay. Sorry. Good morning, USA. I got a feeling that it's gonna be a wonderful day. The sun in the sky has the sparkle in its face, and it's shining. It's a little today, a very good race. Oh boy, so I just say, good morning, USA. Sorry, I love American Dad. <laughs> okay, okay, I totally got that reference. All right, let's finish up. <laughs> Okay, guys. Okay. Um, we hope you um, enjoyed. No, wait. Hold up. Wait, 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 wait. Pada, 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 oh, shoutouts. We no, gotta do no our shoutouts. Uh, yes, shoutouts. Okay, so today we have a big list, you guys. We love those big lists, right? And yeah, it's great. So we're starting off with uh, Lorraine. Lorraine has a podcast that you guys should definitely be listening to. It's called Big Feelings. And you guys, if you like our podcast, you're definitely gonna like Lorraine's. She is good, and it's a great podcast. Okay, so moving on from Lorraine, definitely check her out. Um, we have Ernesto, Oda, Kiki, Brendan, Jamie, Evan, Anna, Kevin, James, Gita, Legiana, Julie, Thiago, Edna, Bruno, Kelia, Rachel, Todd, who I don't know if that's their real name, but they reached out to us on Instagram, and we had a cool conversation about Brazilian crime. You guys can do that, do you know? Reach out you to can. us. Yeah, and final, but I mean, less but not least, is my dad who finally followed us on Instagram. That's it. My dad does not know that I have a podcast. I don't think my dad knows what a podcast is. Ooh. You totally, like, download all your episodes to him on his phone and be like... He'd be like, this. is this soccer related? Because if not, <laughs> I'm not interested. No, we had one soccer. We had two soccer episodes already. Yeah, but none of them talk about Cruzeiro. My oh. dad only cares about Cruzeiro. Although my dad does listen to every single soccer game that's on Itachiaia, as mm. I've mentioned to you guys before. My dad loves Itachiaia. So he'll <laughs> listen to every soccer game that they play, which they play like national games. Mm. But my dad's uh, a Cruzeiro fan. And mm-hmm. if you're not a Cruzeiro fan, you can suck my dick. There's that. Because Cruzeiro is the best team in Brazil. So. I don't know anything. I, I, I cannot corroborate or deny this information. What team do you like? None? I, let, me, let me see what team I like. I don't like any. I don't really follow. So, my my dad is a Sao Paulo fan. Oh. Yeah. My uncle is a... Sao Paulo, me, my... guys. Confusing, but... There's Sao Paulo, Paulo, the, the soccer, soccer team. team. Sao Paulo, the city. Sao Paulo, the state. And Sao Paulo, the yeah. saint, saint. There's Yeah. yeah probably there's a whole other... Yeah, there's a ton, a ton. So, yeah. There was a Sao Paulo game here in Orlando. Like, week yeah, or two a few years ago, Cruzeiro came here like two years in a row. Mm-hmm. And one of the the games that they played here in Boston, well, in mm-hmm. Foxborough, um, it my dad got tickets so that my sister and I could mm. go, but like he couldn't drive us because he had to work, so I never went. Because <laughs> my mom was like, "I'm not driving 40 minutes just so you can go to a stupid soccer game." <laughs> and like I have a big crush on the goalie of Cruzeiro, Fabio. He's mm. so hot. I've had a look. crush on him since I was in like, uh, since I was in like fifth grade or something. And he's still and- playing. He's still he's thirty seven now, okay. um, so he's pretty old for a soccer player. But um, yeah, but like all of my friends uh, from Brazil who are fans of Cruzeiro have a picture with him, but I don't. So it's sad. It's really sad. Fabio Davidi, <laughs> that's his name. 
Can I, I mean, I'm going to break Steph's heart here. He looks too normal. You know, too, like, mainstream. I love him. Padronzinho, you know? Love Fabio. He yeah, is, not for me. He is very hot. <laughs> and he stayed the same since. It, it's like, you you know, Days and Confused when Matthew mm -hmm. McConaughey was like, oh, the thing about high school girls is that I get older and they stay the same. All right, all right, all right. That's me <laughs> looking at Fabio. The thing is, I get older, Fabio stays the same. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's a great note to end the show, I think. <laughs> all yeah. right, all right, all right. All right, all right, all right. This. So, you you know what to do if you enjoyed this. Mm hmm. Yeah. Give us, uh, all the information is on our outro. So, just. Yeah. Yeah, just listen exactly. to it. Okay. Just listen to it. You'll know what to do. Mm -hmm. If anyone wants to send me money, my Venmo is. Never mind. That's the Venmo. Never mind. Just type in never yeah. mind and send money to whoever that is. It is my or not my, might not be Steph. So, but it could be. Let's so. gamble on that maybe. Mm -hmm. Who knows? Never mind. Okay. Yep. Okay, guys. Okay, guys. Thank you. Thank Goodbye. You. Ciao. Ciao. Thank you for listening to another episode of Suspiria, a true crime podcast. If you are a creep and enjoy listening to all of that horrible information, Please check out our previous episodes and write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And also follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram as Suspiria Podcast. Facebook is also Suspiria Podcast. If you want to follow Carol, you can follow her at Suspiria Carol. And you can follow me at eu.steph. Note, none of us post anything interesting. We do, actually. If you have any case suggestions, feel free to drop them over at SuspiriaPodcast at gmail.com. Or if you want to be part of this podcast, you can also email us. We promise we won't bite. Ciao! Suspiria.